welcome to Bougie Black Therapist Podcast. I'm your host, Montoya McGowan, and this is where we talk about all things private practice. We give clinicians the permission to be themselves authentically and the tools that they need to cultivate how they want to be and the kind of clients that they want to attract. And today, we have somebody who is not a therapist, but she's definitely one of my goodest, closest friends. And she's one of the smartest people I know. Um, Introduce yourself. Well, hello, everyone. Hello, I am Simone the Mastermind, your number one business development strategist. But um, what I do is work with entrepreneurs who are in their scaling phase and want to see ways to make more money, work less, and regain their freedom as an entrepreneur. And drink martinis. Yes. <laughs> so, um, Simone does not tell people this often. Right? And <laughs> what I'll tell them. But she is a published author. Oh, yes. And that's how we became friends. Somebody yes. recommended her book. Or maybe I saw you in a group on Facebook or something. You were others. talking about the book. Yeah. And I ordered the book. And, and like it came like a book still is one of my favorite, favorite, most descriptive books where when I read your book, it felt like I could hear yeah. some of the sounds. That's how like vivid and graphic <laughs> it was. It was colorful. It was very colorful. <laughs> and I enjoyed it. And when I got to the end, I was like, I felt like I had been dropped off of a cliff. Yeah. So I remember that feeling. We forced you <laughs> to write a part two. part two. I was bullied into writing a part two. We did. We bullied you into <laughs> writing a part two. And we was like, okay, I feel better now. Part two was definitely good. And it, I felt more coddled yeah, after felt that. More taken care of. And yeah. so um, I was, I think that year that I met you, one of my... New Year's resolutions was to do a better job at gathering with people I cared about. So I um, coordinated a book club. It was the greatest day ever. Oh, my God. And it's a little on me. Yeah. So we talked about the Does book. <laughs> is that a tear? Or is it was. Allergies. Onions over there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Might want to put those up. <laughs> And um, I think we became like like we were inseparable some of the after that, bestest friends yeah. after that. And our friendship has been like up and down. And I'm grateful for that because it, it has allowed me to grow as a friend. Same here, likewise, most definitely. Yeah, try not to look at them. <laughs> <laughs> um. So one of the things that I learned about you is that you are a mastermind uh, at so many things. You have so me. many talents. How did you get to be the person that knows how to do a lot of stuff? I was nosy. I was literally, that was the foundation of it all. Um, being nosy and asking questions even when people don't feel like answering them. And then even if you don't answer, I still need to go do some more research anyway. But literally, I can do everything from change oil on a car to work uh, equation and chemistry. 
because I ask questions. Uh, how, how many degrees do you have? Um, just one. Um, chemistry. No, 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 no. You have some more degrees. Oh, we we can talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got a doctorate, four <laughs> masters, five bachelors, and two associates. <laughs> From helping other people with their <laughs> over the course of fourteen years. And let me say, the doctorate program was the easiest, actually. Wow. Yeah. I yeah. ain't tell no names. I ain't tell no names. I don't tell no names. <laughs> but, but you're retired from yeah. helping other people with their... Um, I got fired. It's On my day off. <laughs> um, so how did you... Um, how did you get to the point of where you finally settled into this is what I like, this is what I'm good at? Well, when I was in corporate, um, I did work for an organization that kind of undermined women in management. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it was only so far up that they were going to promote me. So <clears throat> with the last little situation, um, I was extremely insulted with a 50 cent raise. And at that point, I told them where to put it. Okay. Where to put the 50 cent? Yes. Okay. And it was not in my bank account. Okay. And so um, I retired. I was retired. I resigned in April of 2014, and I did not have plans to do that. So I just started trying to sell some of anything. I was trying to sell hair, lipsticks, clothes. I thought I could be a boutique owner. Mm-hmm. All of that stuff went up and down, up and down. I'm like, you know what? None of this is like me at all. But one thing I did do, I was like, you know what? Let's just pause, you know, and let's see what are you doing and everything that you've ever tried. Like, where's the common denominator? And for me, I found the common denominator was helping other people. Like, mm. I enjoy enlightening and educating and helping other people. And that is when I was like, you know what? Gonna take these corporate skills to pay some entrepreneurial bills, like and that's it. when I established my consulting firm. Yeah. Do you know? Did you know any entrepreneurs before you became one? Um, only one, and that one was actually the one that kind of pushed me out of the corporate door. Like, helped me. Like, go on and get out there and do your thing. You'll be just fine. You know. So, one at the time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's one of the biggest challenges that you have had to face um, trying to find your niche? Um, my biggest challenge was feeling like because I know, well, because I know so much mm-hmm. and how to do so much, I'm like, I can help everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you know, as long as you want to start a business or need help in your business, I can help you. But in the midst of trying to help everybody, I made no money. Mm. So I'm like, that doesn't make sense. But um, that was like my challenge because it got to the point of like, okay, you can't focus on trying to help everybody. Who do you want to help? Mm -hmm. Like who do you want your client to be and build your uh, business around that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that I talk to people about um, as a therapist when they come to see me is the difference between an introvert and an extrovert. Yes. People assume that extroverts are actually shy people or people who are socially awkward and uh, or have social anxiety, and that's not true. 
Correct. So for introverts and extroverts, if you think of your energy as a battery, a rechargeable battery, your energy, if you're an introvert, is recharged when you don't have to give of yourself to other people, when you don't have to share your energy with other people. And you recharge from serenity, you recharge from being alone, or from like, we can be in the same room, but we don't have to conversate. Oh my God, yes. (laughs) We don't have to talk, we don't have to entertain each other. Um, That's how introverts recharge. Yes. Extroverts recharge from being around other people. They get, they they recharge from other people's energy. Yes. And neither of them are wrong, it's just that when you know which one is you, you can help people better learn how to be in relationship with you. Yes, this is so true. Which is extremely important if you are an entrepreneur. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, a lot of people think that, you know, <clears throat> because I act a fool on social media. Mm-hmm. And they think you. I have my martinis and I'm always out that they think I'm this extroverted social butterfly. And I'm like, She's an no. introvert. <laughs> When I get back in the car, my wig is already off. I'm tired. Like, the battery just go, phew, you know. So, yeah, I'm an introvert, and it is a struggle as an entrepreneur, especially when you have um, a business that requires you to connect and socialize with other humans. Mm -hmm. That's what we call them. Mm -hmm. And um, But I will say, though, My sense of being introverted has led me to learn and educate myself on ways to still run a business without draining my battery. And that is literally the the, uh, power tool of my business now. Teaching people, like, you still can run your business without sitting on the phone all day, Mm -hmm. without sitting people's face all day. And that helps when you have people like me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. introverted people like right me. right i i've had people <clears throat> who um say that they feel like they should respond to everything all the time because they don't want to miss the money right or they feel like they should be on call for their clients just in case they need them but if you're an introvert that's, you're not going to enjoy work. it um, or not really just being an introvert, but you're trying to learn how to manage your life because you're a parent, you are a significant other, um, you may have two jobs, you may have other stuff going mm-hmm. on, and you have to know what works best for you so that you can teach other people how to engage mm-hmm. with you. What is one of the things that you despise when you see on social media from entrepreneurs about how to do their business that is a toughie let's see here one thing i despise about people like you see somebody make a post and you think to yourself "Mm -mm, she should not have done that okay yes um one thing i kind of hate is when entrepreneurs will share screenshots of communications with clients that they probably didn't they probably didn't mesh with mm-hmm. and it kind of 
backfires twice because one now you're showing people one that you do that mm -hmm. and two sometimes these entrepreneurs be sharing screenshots and be wrong but they got their friends yeah girl you're right girl you, sh mm -hmm. you told her girl and, you know <laughs> and i'd be like so now you're double dumb you know so that is what bothers me like let's 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 not do that like i understand we get frustrated with clients which is why it is important to make sure you have your certain audience like when you really take the time to build your audience you don't even deal with stuff like that mm -hmm. so i hate seeing it because it lets me know you don't know your target audience you don't know how to talk to people you care more about bashing than helping and you're surrounded by yes girls who are not going to tell you that you're wrong mm -hmm. and then i get on it well you know i go to facebook jail last i've learned to fall back on the telling people how to do Repeated felon, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so I just scroll on by now when I see it. I just scroll on by. Yeah, my next bid is going to be 80 days. <laughs> like, it's that bad. <sighs> <laughs> so you like on probation. I'm up here like, I'm just going to not comment on that today. I'm just going <laughs> to scroll because I see a big warning sign every time I log in. Yeah. yeah, because when you do stuff like that, it's really a reflection of you. Yes. It's not a reflection of the person that is You're in your inbox. With. Yes. It's a reflection of how you respond to them, what your intent is for that. Because I know guys are shy or not not shy. Guys are anxious about shooting their shot because mm -hmm. women do that. Mm -hmm. But it's a reflection of the person. Mm -hmm. And if it's an opportunity for you to teach somebody how to do business with you mm -hmm. so that those things happen, but you really don't need validation. Like it's really not necessary at all. People that I've seen do that, I actually have, like, I don't really care to do business with them. I unfollow, unfriend. You most definitely can't hit, hit up my inbox and ask for something because I'm going to check to see if I unfollowed you first. But, uh, yeah, I don't like that at all. I don't like to be associated with people that do that because it's not cool. Yeah. It's not cool. What's one of the, <clears throat> the common uh, issues that you see we as entrepreneurs struggle with? Um, price point. Price point strategy. Um, so many entrepreneurs focus on being affordable. And there, and I come from this place, so I'm able to, like, really get on people about it. But in the mind of an entrepreneur, it's like, if I keep my services and my products affordable, everybody's going to come shop with me. Mm -hmm. And when that everybody don't and you don't pay your bills that month, it kind of hurt. And then when they do come to you, they come with, like, a 20-page text message on how you better not burn them and you better take care of their stuff and they might message you in the middle of the night and you better answer. And if you treat them right, they're going to tell your friends. But, like, you, you got too many rules for only been spending $57 with me, ma'am. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. So that is a struggle simply because you cannot scale your business being or focusing on being affordable. Mm -hmm. Everyone wants to make, you know six seven figures but you're still trying to push this 30 dollar product 100 times a month type mm -hmm. thing you can't you can't do that mm -hmm. price point charge and i don't even believe in the whole charge what you're worth i hate when people say that why oh my god 
Still got that wine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like when people, like, even when you have these business gurus with these huge followings, they yeah. be like, you know, charge what you're worth, honey. And folks be like, yes, eat that up, sis. No, because a lot of people don't know what they're worth. So if you're telling somebody to charge what they're worth and they're and they're undermining themselves, it's going to reflect in their business. Mm-hmm. They probably could be charging $500 for this service, but they're going to charge $197 because they're still afraid that they're going to lose somebody. No, you're going to gain. Mm-hmm. And this comes from someone who... I used to charge $250 to start a business. Okay? $250, I set up your business and be in your emails helping you. Okay? I got a coach. He said, what all do you do for 250 You mean you invested in a coach? Yes, I'm sorry. Invested in a coach. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, is this thing on? <laughs> but, um, and he was like, what all do you do? And I was like, you know, this is this. And he was like, and you charge how much? I was like, you know, 250 He was like, why? I was like, well, if I keep it affordable, mm-hmm. people will come. He was like, okay. Well, how many people have you gotten this month? I wanted to, you know. Us, but I had like, just, why? like why you in my business, it? but none. And literally, it was zero. So um, he was like, I want you to charge 2500 I was like, can't, uh, I, I sensed it. Okay. Um, I said, ain't nobody paid $250, but somebody finna pay 2500 And that was just my mindset of a limited belief mm-hmm. of thinking if I stay affordable, I can assure you. I went from 250 straight to 2500 and I've had more 2500s than 250s. And it blew my mind because I'm like people were not paying me 250 but it's people out here paying 2500 but that's how it goes. How did you mentally bridge the gap between those two? I went to a meeting one day and it was my first time presenting it. I was like, you know, this is what y'all need, this is how much it's going to cost, this is how much I'm going to charge and they were like, okay. I'm like, but Lil Shirley from two weeks ago sent me a three-page email because she was finna spend $249 and she wanted to make sure I did her right now. They said it was okay. I literally went to the car and cried. Mm. And after that, I was like, can't tell me anything. Right. Sorry. And, but that's what's the common struggle price point. So I'm going to ask you a therapy question. When you went to the car and cried, what were your tears saying? Like... Oh my god, you just made twenty five hundred dollars and you didn't even have to beg nobody. <laughs> <laughs> that was the voice in my head when I cried. <laughs> <laughs> Did y'all hear her say the word? <laughs> it was so sad I felt it. <laughs> but yes. <laughs> That's what it was like, oh my god. And then it literally gives you, like, more confidence. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like, yeah, I stepped in there trying to look a certain kind of way and act a certain way. But when you can actually feel and look that way, it's like a snowball effect now. Like, I'm stepping in a room and it's nothing for me to, oh, I charge before I even, before you even tell me what you need. I'm just letting you know what Mm -hmm. I charge. Mm -hmm. All right. But it took me to mindset shift and have someone on me about price point. Because that's how you do me. Yes. Don't be telling up people that. Be nice. She not. <laughs> <laughs> she ain't. They call me Sergeant Moan on Twitter. You uh-huh. know? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Follow me on Twitter. I ain't got no followers. But, uh, <laughs> Help me, please. But, but followers do not equal 
conversions of yeah. cash. Followers don't always mean money. Just because you have a lot of followers does not mean that you're bringing in the books. And if you have 10,000 followers and can't even get 20 likes on your page, we know you bought them and we know you're not making no money. And the money you spent on buying them followers, you could have bought a coach. Oh, was that too tough? Was that too tough? Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what, what, what do you see? What do you think when you see coaches who do have the confidence or sometimes audacity <laughs> to charge a certain fee and they don't offer half of the things that you have to offer. And they also don't have like proof that this works. What I was actually talking about in a group recently, um, a lot of like, like coaches, strategists, um, consultants, a lot of them sell lifestyles. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of them sell the, no shade, no tea, the rented, rental cars and the quick trip to the airplane so you can get this or even the photoshop joints like people sell lifestyles because they know that their following will eat that up Mm -hmm. and when you spend your money with them you come realize you really didn't get anything Mm -hmm. because you're chasing the lifestyle like no i don't care about your pictures of little foo-foo or the fact that you was in bora bora on your laptop show me where you can help me Mm -hmm. show me where you can apply some strategy and take me from point a to point b that's the stuff i don't even care about bank account screenshots no because you can get them made on five for 15 dollars oh for real but uh, yes wow (laughs) so i don't even care about them but show me where you fish some it hard harder for coaches like me who actually can help right but i don't have a big following i'm not gonna take my big booty pitch in front of a, a, a rose royce but i promise you in the next three to six months you finna make some money because mm-hmm. i'm gonna show you how mm-hmm. but you know people pick and choose according to what they see and that's why they still ain't making no money because you're the product and you are Period. providing Poop. the things that they need and you're empowering them to do it themselves. Yes. And that do it yourself is the struggle. As far as like, uh, I was talking to a social media strategist. She was like, she charges like 700 a month for a subscription. She was like, what is it with these people that think, you know, you hire me as a strategist, but you expect me to make your post, post the post, talk to your people, browse your, your news feed and like other people's stuff. Like, no, you hired for a service, not somebody on staff. Like, it's a difference. There are things that you still have to do as the client to produce the results that you want, you know, for your business. Yeah, but, like, that's what people are doing now. You will buy a service. But that's all you're buying, the service, not the person, you know. But you can't tell them that. because No, you yeah. can't tell me that either. Because <laughs> if I pay you $700 a month and I still got to do some work. But see, look at what you're paying for. Like, the service was like $700 a month and you'll get like three posts a day. A sponsored ad budget is included in it. Oh. But it doesn't include like 
you the the strategist going back and saying thank you for sharing or okay. oh my god girl what do you think today no okay. you have to come do the engagement okay. part okay. you're paying for the stuff to be created oh well okay yeah. i can understand yeah. that yeah yeah and that's normally but a lot of people are misconstrued on how that works but typically it's like you're paying for a service but you're not paying for the person got it to yeah, do all the extra. That stuff. makes sense. Yeah, and and when you explain that to people and help them understand, then you don't have to complain about it as much because people know you what would, to expect when they come to you. You would think that that sounds amazing in a perfect world, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I used to have on my business card. I think it's still on there that uh, you get a free fifteen minute consultation with mm-hmm. me. But I saw this guy on a podcast, and he said, the more content you put out there of yourself, the more conversations, the more you let people get to know you as a person and you as a professional, the less you have to have those conversations. Agree. And your phone actually rings less because when people are calling, they already know they want you. Mm -hmm. So you're not having to filter through stuff Mm -hmm. because – They've already done their research, and they do want you. And whatever your fee is, they're already ready to pay. I agree with that strongly. I agree with that strongly. But in the therapy world, there are some people who feel as if you should not lead with your price. And at first, it felt uncomfortable to me because I felt like when a person calls me, I can have a conversation with them, ask them what they are looking for, tell them what I have to offer. And sometimes they share a little bit of their story Mm -hmm. and then I would tell them my prices. But after I got a coach, (laughs) then I learned that leave with your prices because it cuts down on a lot of conversation. That crap. Yes. Because people really, I mean, when I call somebody, I pretty much just want to know how much first. Period. How much? Poo. Period poo. Period poo. Did you get me catching a period poo? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> how, how much first? Right. And then that will let me know if I need to tell you about what it is I'm trying to work on. I can tell you my story. I can tell you whatever else. But it just cuts down on conversation. And also, put it on your website. Mm-hmm. Put it out there so, so people, people don't can have see. to. It's so frustrating for me when somebody says inbox me or DM me for prices. Woo! I just keep scrolling. It's so stressful. And, and I've seen people say, well, it's different prices for different stuff, so I have to cater it to different people. Automatically, in my mind, I'm thinking you're probably the beautician who um, is trying to read me to decide on what you want me to pay yeah. and what bills you got to do this month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so and that's exactly, I, I agree. I'm not going to DM you for <clears throat> prices. Um, I'll just keep going. <laughs> and boom, you left money on the table because you ain't got it on your website. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Tell me how much so I can know whether or not we are going to waste each other's time. I got a question for you. With your, um, Free 15-minute consultation where people like, not being funny, but where people like pouring their hearts out in hopes that you'd offer them a discount when they got done. Like, did you ever get that type feeling from potential clients? When I was new um, and my codependency was thick and I wanted to help everybody and I wasn't sure who my target audience was, 
I was still trying to find my way. Mm-hmm. And yes, some people did. Um, I think I heard a rumor where somebody was like, I don't F with her because I, I asked her if she wanted to do a package with me. And she was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> you got rejected and you're saying you don't F with somebody because you got rejected. Girl, <laughs> Because I wouldn't adjust my prices to accommodate them. So now I'm a bad person. And that'd be that'd be the part that tickles me. Baby. Yeah, um, but I had to get comfortable <clears throat> and confident with my prices. Mm-hmm. And we've had this conversation several times before. Mm-hmm. Um, I still struggle with it sometimes. But just deciding on what my price is, pause, resist the urge to say, but if you can't afford that, I can offer you this. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in a, a um, I think it was like a therapist group or black social work group or something. Mm-hmm. And somebody had texted me and they were asking me about my prices. And I told them it was 150 a session. Oh, that's too much. What can I get for like 80? <laughs> and I said, well, <coughs> my. <laughs> <laughs> that, it be them, I get the messages every day. So that's why I just be so tickled. Uh, and yes. so. I was like, well, um, my price is one fifty, but if you're not able to afford that, I can give you a referral to some other people who may be more affordable who are just as good. Mm-hmm. And they said, no, I want to see you. What if I come and see you twice? Would you be able to give me a discount at this price? And I said, I don't have any discounts available. So they said, okay, well, let's, let me just tell you a little bit about what I got going on. <laughs> and I said... Ma'am, <laughs> <laughs> would you like to make an appointment? Um, and I knew from whoever this was not to get on the phone with them mm-hmm. because they were going to pour their heart out. And I probably was either going to be rude or sound rude. I wasn't mm-hmm. going to be rude, sound rude, because I'm just like, hey, um, let me make an appointment for you to come in and we can talk about this. You was going to cut them off mid-cry and they was going to hit you with the, what you mean is 150. I just told you my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I posted like a snippet of that conversation mm-hmm. in the group. And I was telling them, once you get comfortable with what your fees are, Stick to that unless you have decided that you have a certain number of people every month that you're going to accept at a different rate. Mm-hmm. If that's how you choose to give back. Mm-hmm. They slaughtered me. I left the group because they they ate me up. They was like, you was wrong for that. You could have figured out how you could have solved them. You could have figured out how you could have solved Maybe you should have added me. I would have put LCSW at the end of my name so I could have gotten that group, babe. I would have bit everybody back. Simply because no. Like And it was it made me at first I was angry and then it made me sad because I'm thinking, so you all are actually buying into that helpers and first responders, counselors, therapists, entrepreneurs should be poor to give back to the community. Mm-hmm. So we can be poor living next door to each other. And then so people can say, well, her business is not growing. Like, people love to shame when a business is not growing. Well, people aren't paying when you keep doing stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, babe, I would have So I had to learn how to put in check my desire to help and rescue, um, to be <clears throat> firm with what I need and what I offer, and not feel sad that I 
I just don't have it available. Mm-hmm. I don't. That, that doesn't mean that I don't do it for some people. It's just that I can't do it for everybody. It's, and it's at your discretion. Like, I used to struggle with that. And, um, but I can honestly say when you have to, dis- when it got to the point where I had to decide, you know, is my child going to have some pampers this week or am I going to have some gas today? I had to stop trying to discount this or see how I'm going to work out that because I don't want to, if, if helping you is going to make me struggle, I don't even want to help you. And it should be like that in other areas yes, of life as well. Absolutely. I talk to people about that. I tell them to imagine that your energy is a cup. Your finances is a cup. Everything for you is a cup. You're only supposed to give from the overflow. If you don't have any overflow, you don't give. I like that. Because yeah. when you start to give from the inside and then you got like a little corner of coffee and then like two nets down there in the <laughs> bottom that's when you're at burnout level and you're mad and pissed off at everybody because you didn't gave and you don't have anything else to give. And then the ones you gave to looking in your cup at like, dang, you ain't got nothing in your cup. Yeah. Dang. You're doing too much. <laughs> your cup empty. <laughs> <laughs> why, are they, why are they drinking from their cup? Right. That you exactly. help them feel. Exactly. And we're upset at them, but it's because we didn't create boundaries. Right. We, did we didn't create boundaries. systems. Yes. We didn't stick to what we need so that we can give from our ex. Extra. Mm-hmm. And entrepreneurs deal with that a lot, which is why it's helpful to have somebody like you on their team. And like when I used you, <laughs> did I ask you for a discount? No, but I literally on my way here, I made a post. I said, um, everybody wants to be friends with a business coach, you know, because they know business until they see that my friends get invoices too. Oh, no, we don't get the... Now, of course, I offer information at my discretion, but mm-hmm. none of my friends can call me. I'm not calling them, you know. But because I've noticed the influx of people trying to, you know, be buddy-buddy. And I'm like, if y'all talk to the friends I got, y'all going to see they still pay too now. So what you're trying to do ain't going to work. It's not going to work. And the friends that you have, I don't know about your other friends, but for me, I don't... I want to pay you what you ask me for. Yes. I want to pay you what you are charging because I want to get what you are offering. Yes. And I don't want it to be based on friendship. I want it to be based off of business. Yes, please. You're so kind. (laughs) And, and, And people most of the time be so focused on getting a deal or a discount that they fail to realize how that can sometimes change the experience. Like, you know, you see the experience of this client, but you don't even want to pay what they paid. Mm-hmm. No, it's mm-hmm. going to be different. Mm-hmm. People tend to care less, you know, or just don't like, no, it's just not worth it. Pay to, pay whatever somebody's charging, separate the personal and business, and everybody's happy. Yeah. yeah. Period, yeah. poo. Uh-huh. We get money. It's <laughs> <Like that> birthday. <laughs> Do it like it's your B-Day. Baby. <laughs> Okay, stop playing. Stop right, playing. Right, stop right. playing. Okay, put your, put your uh, professional face <clears throat> on. Okay, so um, what? What I was gonna say? Yeah, I already asked you about the price point. Um, what systems have you found that people have not put in place? 
A lot of people don't have a website. And even at the bare minimum, having a website will save entrepreneurs a lot of time as far as gaining information from clients, listing prices, answering questions. Like a lot of times the frustrations that entrepreneurs have with clients or them filling up their inboxes because you, you haven't made that information available elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was the question again? Uh, systems that you found oh, that people systems, yes. don't have in place. So a lot of people feel like you become out of touch with your clients when you have systems in place, but that's really not the case. You actually put your business in a position to scale. And so one thing I always ask <clears throat> is, with, you know, I ask entrepreneurs, with the way that you're running your business right now, could you handle – a hundred new clients a month. Like, honestly, don't be prideful. Because this was the question that I was asked to make me shift mine. Mm-hmm. So, at the time, I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I also was answering from a place of pride. Right. But when he really broke it down, like, okay, well, I'm going to send you a hundred new leads a month. And I was like, mm. So like a hundred hundred, or is it like a hundred and like another, like like a fake hundred, right? <laughs> and so that is when you realize, like you know, maybe I need to switch it up, or maybe I need to do something different. Maybe I need to put something in place to help me. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't want everybody in your inbox, get a website. If you know you need to get some information from somebody before you uh, give them a price, give them a place to request a quote without mm-hmm. you having to stop what you're doing, talk on the phone with them, send emails back and forth. You cannot grow by constantly being so hands-on in your business. Mm-hmm. Put these systems in place, and the perfect place to start is with at the bare minimum a website. Mm-hmm. Yes. And and then um, if your friends know that, and I say, ooh, Simone would definitely be able to help you with that, I can give them your website versus calling you. Let me call her. Let me text her. Yeah. I can give them their website, your website, and because now I know how people – can get in touch with you Mm -hmm. and teaching everybody else how to do business with you. Mm -hmm. Um, I was in a group and somebody asked for advice for new entrepreneurs. And one that stuck out to me most that I hadn't ever really considered before was the lady said, shoot your shot and shoot it often. What do you think about that? I think I can see that. Um, you know, being an entrepreneur it requires some risk taking, and I feel like most of the successful entrepreneurs are the ones that take the most risk. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you feel like you succeeded or failed, it was an experience that you needed so that you can apply whatever strategy or whatever instance that was at a better angle. Whether mm-hmm. that be um, Following up on a lead, whether it be initiating a conversation with somebody that might be interested. But when you sit back and just expect customers to fall in your lap because you're too afraid to do anything different to go out there and get it, that's when you fall short. So I can see the whole shoot your shot and shooting it often is like a perfect way to maneuver in business. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Period. Cool. Chelsea has a question. Hey. Hey, so (laughs) (laughs) y'all are making me giggle. Okay, so 
along with that, what advice would you have to give um, young new entrepreneurs? Young new entrepreneurs, um, what I will say is don't get when we're younger, we're kind of cliquish. I'm looking at you. Okay. When we're younger, we're kind of cliquish sometimes when we're older. But when you have an idea set for entrepreneurship, it is very important that you get like at the you know, a mentor or someone outside of your age range that has a little more experience in entrepreneurship to be able to guide you. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes, because I've only had maybe one or two young clients, and they fell short because they clicked up with their friends. You know, our friends, so we're kind of supportive of each other, but we're also, they were also like the yes crew. And young entrepreneurs don't understand how that's not going to help you. You know, you don't want to be surrounded by a whole bunch of girlfriends, guy friends, whatever. They're just going to agree with everything you do because sometimes you're going to be wrong. So the sooner that you can get someone that can guide you, someone preferably experienced in entrepreneurship, older than you, but it's best when you start off with some type of mentorship, coaching, to get you to the next level, even as a young boss. Um, I had a client who, early 20s, but she got into real estate, and she um, invested in this, like, a real estate coach. And she's not even 30 yet and has over 98 properties because she broke away from her, her friend crew and left it as a social thing, but, you know, took the steps to get somebody that can help her and guide her in that industry. Wow. And, it's, uh, and like, one thing she said was, I love my friends. You know, we still hang, but I had to learn to separate, mm-hmm. you know, my friend crew from business because all my friends were, yeah, they're cheering me on, but I need insight. Right. I need help, you know. So get a coach or a mentor as a young entrepreneur. Did that rhyme? Or a therapist. And a therapist, too. And a therapist. Period. Yeah. I Most of my clients are entrepreneurs or people who are um, excelling in their careers. And I'm, I'm always amazed and honored when somebody in their 20s come to see me. Because I think to myself, if I was in my 20s and I had somebody like me or I went to go see a therapist... I wonder how much more insight would I have to life Mm -hmm. and you have the wisdom and the desire to invest in yourself at this age. I can only imagine what your life is going to look like 10 years, 10, 20 years from now. And I will say like, especially for the entrepreneurs are like full time entrepreneurs. um, Having a therapist is very important because there are so many stigmas not only just in mental health but mental health as an entrepreneur like an example if you you're always in a state of anxiety about something huh you're always in a state of anxiety about something oh i was like wait what i thought i missed something (laughs) but yes no like like, not you that's what i'm oh my god what (laughs) you thought i saw you yes i felt seen (laughs) (laughs) but literally like so many people are afraid to be an entrepreneur and struggle with depression or be an entrepreneur and, and need medication. And I, um, I can honestly say like I struggle with mental health. Um, in 2018 I was diagnosed with PTSD and manic depression. 
Um, and because I'm so sociable and funny, people like, ah, they think they know what depression looks like. Right. And then when you're an entrepreneur, you're not allowed to be, quote unquote, depressed or down because it might interfere with your workflow. Right. And so, of course, as the entrepreneur, you don't want that. But sometimes it's like this cycle, like, you know, I'm either going to disappoint myself or disappoint somebody else. It is so important to have a therapist as Mm -hmm. an entrepreneur. I mean, period. But it's important to have a therapist as an entrepreneur because it becomes overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to be transparent about it simply because people feel like you can't succeed as an entrepreneur if you struggle with mental health, and that's not the case. I actually don't know anybody who doesn't struggle with mental health. You know, people swear they don't. And I'm like, Meh. the The people who I've talked to, I say, oh, I don't have any issues. And 30 minutes later, I'm like, mm. <laughs> I heard three things, but... <laughs> Okay. okay. <laughs> Red flag. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right. Um, so there's a question that came up when you were talking about friends and business. Mm-hmm. And I have learned this as a entrepreneur, especially as a full-time. It was mostly, I struggled with it mostly when I was working full-time and working my job in the evenings for myself. Mm-hmm. I had to learn how to include time for friends, but I also had to help my friends understand that I can't do spontaneous spur of the moment stuff as much as I would like to, or as much as I used to, Mm -hmm. because I have like the next three weeks of my life mapped out. Mm -hmm. So I had to learn how to include free days. I had to learn how to include free weeks during the summer. And then even during the holidays, I would take off for two or three weeks so I could spend time with family. But I did lose some friends because they felt like I changed or I was different um, because I wasn't available. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that sense of entitlement. Um, like for me, I require low-maintenance friendships simply because I know that right now there are some things I'm working on, some things I want to do, and I might not be able to hang with you like, Every time you hit me up or might not be able to text you back as quick as you'd like. Mm -hmm. But if something's wrong, I'm pulling up. Mm -hmm. You know, if you need me, I'm there. But I might not be in that social mood, and that's okay. And I require friends that I just love our relationship. Can I go on the record and say, uh, Ramon, I think we've canceled 17 times in two weeks, but we still going strong. <laughs> but that's okay. Like, neither one of us feels attacked. Right. We don't feel like we're losing friends or the other person hang with somebody. No, it's strictly, whoa, I'm glad she canceled before I did because I don't want to send a text message first. But it's okay. And so, sometimes we decide, like, nobody's going to cancel today. Yes. We're going to show up. Yes, yeah, like, for real, no cap. Yeah. And then we do it. What you... I just wanted to say I agree with that because that's also what I'm struggling with as well. We're working yes. a full-time job, being young and sociable, and instead of planning every event, I'm more so spontaneous with hanging out. Now, I will say I am spontaneous, too, with hanging out because I struggle with plans. Like, I feel like I do too much, and if you set a plan too far out, something Gives may Gives me too happen. much time to think. 
Yes, in between then. And then, you know, and I had friends who felt some kind of way, like, you know, oh, you're hanging out with this person, though, or you're hanging out. No, I was en route, and they hit me up, and I said, you can go. Exactly. But it was never planned, because the plans get canceled. And that's me. And I feel so bad, and I feel like now I'm retreating more inside of myself with wanting to be alone and focus on what I have going on instead of including everybody else, because not everybody, especially younger people, they can't understand mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And I get tired of repeating that to them. Period. Yeah. And it's and it's draining. And I'm an introvert as well. And working a full-time job, I'm, and, and I'm, so, I'm socializing with people yes. 12 hours a day. I just I'm can't. Sure I want to <laughs> right. And the friends that I understand are the ones that are still there. Yep. And yeah. the ones that are not, I hope they're gone. Yeah. If they're not, they will be. Yeah. Because yeah. guess what? Yeah. Period. <laughs> <laughs> I I need low maintenance friends too, but I do need friends. Yes, of course. Yeah, I do. But it's like you know, as long as the friend, as long as your friends don't make you feel bad for right. it. Like I'm like my friends know I don't answer the phone, but if you text me, I'm a text right back. I'm gonna pull up, but I don't like talking on the phone, and you can't make me talk on the phone. And if you're the type of person that will make me feel bad for knowing that I'm this type of friend, I'm gonna have to leave you on the wayside. Mm-hmm. You know, it got to the point where as I got better with my, my, per- well, actually, as I got better with my professional boundaries, it helped me in my personal boundaries. Yeah. And when I tell you I sleep so good with that wig on the other side of the bed because I ain't worried about who mad at me or who got mad at me today. Simply, I mean, that's, that's literally, that's, that's what it takes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm here, but I'm just not going to talk on the phone. And I'm here, and I might not hang out all the time, but I promise you, you still got a good friend, and you still can hit me up if something is wrong, or you mm-hmm. want to share a celebration. I'm just not always available to hey, Like, some of us are trying to make some stuff happen right mm-hmm. now, you know? And that's okay. I'm not going to apologize for wanting to better my life. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Woo, they got a little personal there. <laughs> Where you is just, my church fan? <laughs> you just gonna have to chat. deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I struggle with um. Well, I don't struggle with that anymore. But yeah. when I started to learn how to weed through those, when my boundaries became bougie, yes, period. Um, it's a luxury to to be a part of my life. I have acquired friends who have that same mentality. Uh, yes, and that's so important. it doesn't feel like. I'm saying I'm better than you. It's just saying I respect you, you have other stuff, other stuff yeah, going on. Period. So if I call you today and we don't talk again until next Thursday. It's literally totally fine. I'm not going to post. I called her 17 days ago and I well, done seen her post some 17 Some friends times. can't return calls, but they on Facebook. I hate that line right there. Some folks can't return calls, but they on Facebook. Those are literally. I don't have to give any energy. And what I do in my leisure is my freaking leisure. All right. Just because I'm free don't mean I'm available. Per- oh, period. And guess who going to love that post? <laughs> and guess who going to shirt? <laughs> I want you to know that I know. <laughs> um, I thought of another question, but I forgot what it was. So. <laughs> we could be here all day. This has been like so freaking cool. Because I, I think that you are um, definitely an asset. You've been an asset to me in a lot of ways um, as a friend and as a business uh, professional. Thank you. 
And it's been um, magical to see you grow. Oh, yes. It's been a nice little cultivate into being confident (laughs) with how you are and who you are. Thank you so much. And one of the things that I like to tell people about is being comfortable with you so that you can attract and repel. Yes. As soon as possible. Yes. The less fake you are, the more who you are, how you are, personal, professional, wherever, you will attract your tribe. Yes. And attracting your tribe is important to your energy. So you don't have to manage your energy and you don't have to babysit mine. explain energy. Yes. We get to enjoy each other's company. Yes. And then we're like, oh. Alrighty. Well, got a blast. <laughs> this is fun. See in a few yeah, months. And yeah. that's totally fine. You right. Know? Yes. Right. Yes, and fun. even in business, you know, I'd love to sit here with you all day, but, you know, our oh. hour is up. Our hour. Let's is wrap up. this up. And um, we'll see you the next time. When would you like to Thank make another you. appointment? Yes. And it's okay. Totally fine. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. Where can the people find you? Okay, well, this is where y'all can find me. <clears throat> SimoneMastermind.com, because I have a website. Um, find me on Instagram at Simone underscore the mastermind. And on Twitter at SGT, you know, Sergeant, okay, underscore Moan, M-O-N-E, not M-O-N. Sergeant Moan. Yes, because people say I'm like a sergeant in the military. But. Definitely. That's neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yes, those are two, pl- bleh, two places you can find me. And I will be there when you find me. Yes. You have conversations on Facebook um, that I enjoy. I'm reckless. I have learned how to do my eyebrows right here. Yay! Because That's of so you. Important. Thank you. And um, I'm still I'm working still learning on it. Myself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still learning Me myself. <laughs> oh, I remember when you was like, I ain't wearing no makeup. <laughs> and look at me now, whole girl, girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, baby, them members will humble you. Yeah. <laughs> and encourage you. Yeah, that too. They do. Except for my eyebrows ones. Those were my humbling memories on Facebook. Got it. Well, this is a bougie black therapist podcast where we talk about all things private practice and we give clinicians permission to learn how to be their authentic selves. And this was Simone, the mastermind, my friend, and definitely one of my favorite business people. Right. Right. (laughs) Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. You can also find me at stoppingthechase.com. I'm Montoya McGowan, and we'll see you next time. Peace.